Change in the Air is a new film releasing October 19th that you won't want to miss. A peaceful community is forever changed when a mysterious young woman moves in. As the quirky locals embrace her, their lives soon improve, but they can't help notice that their strange new neighbor has a secret. Change in the Air will release in select theaters and on digital on October 19th. Go to changeintheairmovie.com to see if the film is playing near you or purchase or rent it the day it comes out. Change in the Air in theaters and on digital October 19th. I want to give a big shout out to our special sponsors for the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network's big birthday celebration. The first is not Grass History Curriculum, longtime homeschool family, has created a study that allows you to have children work independently or in groups. It provides narrative lessons from primary sources with a Christian worldview. Visit history.notgrass.com for more information, and that is history.notgrass.com for more information. A big shout out to my friend Kim Kautzer and WriteShop.com that helps new and veteran homeschoolers alike teach writing with confidence. Presents the building blocks of pre-writing, brainstorming, writing and revising, helping students of all ages embrace the writing process. Visit WriteShop.com for more information. Thanks to True North Homeschool Academy that is committed to excellence in academics precisely because of their traditional biblical faith. In fact, their faith is what informs and drives everything else they do. Their academic team consists of experienced educators and homeschoolers who are committed to bringing quality academics and a solid Judeo-Christian worldview to your online classroom. Check out truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. Big shout out to Maggie Hogan, who began Bright Ideas Press many years ago. From history to humanities, chemistry to calculus, they're ready to support you with online classes and curriculum you can trust from a Christian worldview. Visit what they have to offer this year at brightideaspress.com. They are there to serve you. You can also call them at 877 492 8081 and tell them you heard about them on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network on Vintage Homeschool Moms. Thanks to Luma Learning, another homeschool-run company. They offer online classes by instructors with a biblical worldview. Whether for yourself or your student, Luma Learn simplifies your search for quality online classes. Because Luma Learn has gathered Christian teachers into one covenant marketplace, You'll spend less time scouring the internet and more time enjoying life. You can find more information at lumalearn.com. That's L-U-M-A-L-E-A-R-N.com. Thanks so much to all of our wonderful sponsors. You have really blessed me by joining alongside us for our birthday celebration. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Moms Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, 
a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey, everyone, and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with Meredith Curtis on the line. And today our topic is Great Expectations, Why Homeschooling Works. And I also want to share with you as we're recording this, this is our fifth year as the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, and we are celebrating all month long with lots of freebies and things for all of you who are listening. Um, One thing I would like to do is give a shout-out to Meredith and her podcast, and that is the Finish Well Radio. Uh, You can listen to that on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Look for Finish Well and she does topics for teens, and also go to iTunes and give her a rating. Um, you know, when you give us ratings, you know, that's great, and you can leave a comment and everything, but what it does is it helps it go up on the iTunes little queue, and then um, it lets it be found by others who may not know about it. So you can do that as well as sharing the podcast, so please do that. Um, also, you can check out Meredith's um, books and products at um why don't you go ahead and give the URL for the website, Meredith, before I Okay, you can check out my books and products at powerlineprod.com. And there's also a blog there that's pretty um, frequent and get a lot of encouragement there. And also meredithcurtis.com and jshomeschooling.com where there are free reading lists and free lesson plans and book reviews and curriculum reviews. So that's though that's just a storehouse of homeschool freebies and helps. Okay. Well, obviously you and I are both big fans of homeschooling. We are what I would call graduated homeschool moms. Uh, we homeschooled for many years. I started in 1986 ish, 87 ish, somewhere in there, and um, I began homeschooling. Um, And so did Meredith for different reasons, and we actually will have a link to that podcast that we did uh, last month on the topic of Amazing Homeschool Moms and um, why we felt called by the Lord um, differently to homeschool. And then um, today we are going to focus on, you know, what is it out of homeschooling, you know, that makes it work? What is kind of like the nuts and bolts? And we're just going to go through some of our top tips of why um, homeschooling works. And I'm going to go ahead and start, Meredith, if that's okay, because I want to jump in with this one before um, it goes out of my head because my notes are a little bit spotty here. But the first one is the reason that homeschooling works is it keeps the family together. And really, um, that is so important to me. Um, When I had that little baby and I looked at him and I thought about him going my heart just sank. Um, I always say that by the end of your journey as a parent with teenagers, um, you're ready to help them pack to leave. God does that too, I'm sure, uh, so that we can, you know, let go at some point. Um, but, it, you know, when they're just so little and you're thinking about, gosh, who's going to form their ideas and their, you know, help them, you know, figure out what they really want to do and what their passions are and what their potentials 
I just think that that to me is one of the most important uh, keys is keeping the family together. Um, Maris, why don't you share one of yours? Well, one of the reasons homeschooling is so effective is because it's a tried and true method of raising up leaders who will rule their nations. And let me just, you know, around the world we have kingdoms like the United Kingdom, the Kingdom of Denmark, the Kingdom of Sweden, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, the Kingdom of Thailand, and they have royal families. And those royal families are usually educated at home. And some of them in recent times have been sent, you know, to exclusive private schools, but most of them have been raised at home where a tutor comes in and meets with them one-on-one and instructs them in all of the classic learning subjects as well as how to communicate, how to give speeches, um, how to make decisions. And so you have this effective method of instructing your students because one-on-one tutoring is the most effective way that you can teach someone anything. And what's really exciting is that we're in the kingdom of God and we raise our children to be ambassadors for Christ, to rule and reign in this life. And so we give them a royal education by homeschooling them. I love that. I love that. And we also have... Uh, the show notes for today's episode, and those will be available for you on VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Okay, so um, my next point is hand-picked curriculum. So as homeschoolers, we are, of course, it depends on where you live and what your state laws are, um, but you can select curriculum, and you can be very creative, even if there are specifics that you have to cover. So, like, for example, we could focus on Christian content. We could teach the Bible or whatever we thought was necessary for our faith. Um, We could select books that helped our kids, um, you know, with whatever um, area they were interested in. Like, for example, um, if they were, like, super interested in oceanography, I could do unit studies that were focused on that. And, um, you know, Neil liked um, space, so we did unit studies based on that. Um, My younger kids loved history, so we focused a lot on history. Uh, So, you know, depending on what they were interested in. And also in high school, I know when we had to do, like, what we considered great American literature, we could select books that were, you know, not what I call the nasty books that are some of the required reading um, at some of the schools. And we could really go with the, you know, classics and Meredith. Um, I think it's on MeredithCurtis.com, one of Meredith's websites, and I'll put a link because you and I have done several podcasts on wonderful literature, but Meredith has some amazing lists of books that are tried and true um, that she's used with her family that are available on her website, so I will link to that as well. Um, Awesome. And then also the podcast that we've done. So, you know, you get to pick the curriculum, parents. You get to, to select, you know, what your kids learn and you just you know that is worth the price of admission (laughs) yes definitely another reason that um yes another reason that homeschooling is effective is because students can move at their own pace and if they grasp a concept um, and this is especially important for things that are incremental like math math you 
you have to know this level of math to move on to the next level of math. If you don't fully grasp the first level, you'll struggle in the second or at least the third and fourth. So a lot of times, you know, when I'm helping students who struggle in um, Algebra 2, it, it'll often go back to like decimals and fractions. They never fully grasped it. So um, with this, if students grasp something, they can keep going. Like they're not held up by a classroom full of people holding them back. But if students don't grasp something, they can, you can slow down and you can spend more time and you can do extra problems and extra work. And um, so I think homeschooling, that is one of the beauties to me of homeschooling is that students can work at their own pace and not be slowed down and not be pushed ahead when they don't fully understand or grasp something. I love that because that worked on both ends of the spectrum with my kids, whereas we had right. to maybe do a different math curriculum that was more hands-on with yes. you know, some of my sons, whereas the other one was done at 14. And there's no way I'm letting a 14-year-old you know, go to a college. So he got to explore right. at home plus also, um, you know, do some dual enroll, enrollment credits. So um, my next point is you have time to think. I am a, I've done podcasts on time to think because I feel like our kids today, and I can, I could see it when I was teaching over at the church, Meredith, like all the kids would ever say, and this is religion class, you know, this is like, you know, we're going to explore you know, the Old Testament or the New Testament, and I'm getting questions like, well, what's the right answer? And that's mm. all they can think of is what's right and what's wrong. And there, it, in the home, like my husband says, we allow our kids to fail so that they will learn. Because how right. else, you know, like if they're trying to make a souffle and they're beating the eggs to death and then it's time to, you know, fold in the egg whites, and they, you know, it's going to fall. And how else are you going to learn if you don't have that failure? And it's hard sometimes not to step in and want to do it all. But if you can arrange your schedule to allow your kids time to focus on their interests, you are going to be so blown away by some of what they come up with. Now, you know, I have parents who say, well, I've tried to do that, and my kids are not interested in anything and whatever. But it's like so... This is where it's sometimes hard to parent. I have this love-hate with electronics. Um, my kids will tell you that, you know, from when Neil was little, and I remember one of our friends who the dad loved video games. And he's like, so what does Neil want for Christmas? And I named some, you know, whatever was the newbie thing at the time, you know, Nintendo, whatever. And he's like, oh, so you're not going to buy him the only thing he wants for Christmas? And I said, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like <laughs> I had no problem, you know, saying I just hated that stuff. And then whenever I would see them play at like a friend's house, there was always tears and there was always upset, you know. And so I kind of got vindicated. Yes, I've kind of like slacked off in my, you know, older years with my youngest son. But we had to do some major restrictions, you know, when he likes these war game things, which, you know, whatever. The whole thing is that, you know, you have to say at some point, 
you know, not everybody gets a cell phone and not everybody gets a computer. If there's a computer, we're going to use one in, in a central location or whatever that is. But you do give the kids tools to explore things that might interest them. And the first tool, it's called a book. Yes, you know that thing mm. that has pages yes. and that has a cover. And it's not Siri on your phone. I've turned her off. You know, my husband uses it because he drives a lot and he can get directions and whatever he needs. But I feel like all of that is so included. And I um, actually um, have a plan. Let me see. I'm going to look really quick. Um, yeah, I've got I, – I, I, we're a little bit ahead of ourselves here, but I have not podcasted on this topic yet. But by the time you hear this audio, it will be available on Vintage Homeschool Moms. And it's called um, parent, Parenting in a Modern Electronic World. And mm, like I said, it's, it's, awesome. a love, it's a love-hate. But there are so many things, yes, that you can learn, but then there's this whole thing about, like with my kids, you had to have three sources. If you were going to find something online, you had to show me three sources and you had to show me one that was an authentic source. So I just think time is where they get closer to the Lord it's where they really see what things that they're interested in or guess what, the flavor of the month may not be the flavor of the next month. But if they don't have time to look into it and explore, you've got all these kids that say, well, I don't know what I want to do and I don't know what I want to be and I don't know. Well, why don't you know? Well, because you haven't spent time. So right. um, that's my high horse one. <laughs> Good. Uh, and okay. mine kind of comes off of that one because I think homeschooling is effective because you spend less of your time on academic subjects and it does give you more free time because I know public school students, they're, you know, they have the bus ride, they have six hours at school. If they have aftercare, then the bus ride home, then they have homework in the evening. But in our, until high school, homeschooling was just a few hours a day. And in middle right. school, it got longer. And then in high school, you know, it was it was a long day. But my kids never homeschooled in the evening or over the weekend unless they had dilly-dallied or something or unless we had chosen to go off and take a date or two and go travel and then they had to catch up. But it really is such a pleasant life because my children don't even have a concept when, you know, they'll hear like someone from a public school talk about coming home and doing homework, they're thinking, what? You spend all day in school and then you come home and you do more schoolwork? So I think it's a really effective way to learn as far as time goes. And then that leaves free time, like you were saying, for a lifestyle of learning and exploration and discovery. And you can, you know, my kids have like created movies and they've created they've written you know little books they've they've done all kinds of art projects well they've done they've plays. learned how instruments. to in action right yes plays and um they perform they've you know so they have had a lot of time to be creative and um i think that is um you know their whole life isn't taken up with academics but there's a lot of learning that comes through living and exploring and discovering and just playing and having fun. 
That's great. And then um, number seven for me, which we're just I'm putting all of these together, so we're going to have ten total. But number seven for me is field trips, and that is all of the times we were able to do hands-on learning. So if we studied about, you know, space here in Florida, we could go to the Space Center. You know, if we studied about American history, we could actually go up to St. Augustine and look at, you know, places that um, are historic. Um, if we were interested in nature, we have so many nature centers that are, like, within an hour of my home. Uh, Ding Darling that's on Sanibel. We have a, a shell museum that's also on Sanibel. We have Corkscrew Woodlands, which shows like four or five different ecosystems within one place. So um, that is wonderful. You can plan trips a- around what you're studying. Um, my parents went to Italy, and they knew we were going to be studying geology, and I asked my mom to bring me back rocks. So she did. Aww. She brought back all these, you know, lava rocks and, yeah. Like, it it was really cool. So, you know, you can do that. You can plan, you know, field trips or actually, you know, vacations around what you're studying. Okay, number Um, eight, Meredith. Okay, number eight. Homeschooling is effective because you get to read real books that have stood the test of time. And one of my favorite things about homeschooling is the opportunity my children have had to read classic literature, to read the Bible through many, many times, to read living books that, you know, are just well-written, they've been around forever, and to read original sources. You know, like, my children have read John Locke. They have read the Constitution. They have Mm -hmm. picked up Wealth of the Nations by Adam Smith and read it. And so when my daughter was a freshman in college, she was taking uh, Western literature, and she had already read um, St. Augustine's, not City of God, uh, Confessions. She had already read Confessions. So um, when the professor was talking about Confessions, he didn't understand the whole idea of conversion. You know, and so Mm -hmm. he was saying, here, Augustine says this, but back here, he did this and he did this, so it doesn't line up. So my daughter had to explain the book to him that, no, he was saved, and so the former way of life was completely changed, and that's his confession or his testimony. So anyway, it was really cool, and I thought, you know, number one, I was pretty impressed that they had a book like that in uh, college that they had to read because right. most of the books they read in college aren't that meaty anymore. But also that my ch- my children were able, because they were so well-read, that when they read books like that, which Augustine is a hard read. That's not a light a read. Hard read. <laughs> and and he and we yeah. read we read City of God. I teach a co-op class, and we that. read it last year, yeah. and... It's so exciting. It's so exciting to see homeschoolers talk about books to me that most adults can't even get through the first chapter of. And And I think we counted that for world literature. So we could pick and choose what we wanted. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we did, too. So we have read, when my children graduate, and this is one of the things, they have read so many good books that have they have so much good stuff inside of them, and they have an ability to think, to, to compare things with Scripture, to reason, all of that, because homeschooling, like you said, it gives you the opportunity 
to give them quality things. But in today's world, you know, like you'll go to a public school and they'll have a school book and it will have like excerpts of good books, but not the whole book. Or they'll have to answer 50 million questions about a book. And I always told my children, I would rather that you read three books than read one book and answer five pages of questions. Mm-hmm. You know, just so anyway, that uh, for books for me, that has been a highlight of homeschooling. And I do think being well read is such a reason that homeschooling works and people look at homeschoolers as so smart. I think a lot of it is they're very well read and that increases their vocabulary, their attention span. It causes, you know, uh, brain brain um, circuits to form and all that stuff. So it's wonderful. And this summer Anne went back and read some of the classics like she read, um, was reading Pride and Prejudice, which I think is like a favorite for girls anyway. Oh and yes, she, was, she read Persuasion, and um, so we we tried to watch Persuasion uh, like an old movie, and I just didn't like it as much as I liked the book. So you know, Pride and Prejudice, right. I think we can, you know, we we can we'll give one of the movies I like out of the two or three that are around now. But yeah. And then um, and then my number nine, and I'm going to let you do number 10, the last one there is, but my number nine is time for lessons. So for my family in particular, it was a time where they could practice their sports. It was a time, mm-hmm. um, you know, to take music lessons. It was a time, you know, like we met kids when the kids were, um, uh, they did ice skating one year here in Fort Myers. And, like, we would see all of the skaters that were homeschooled that, that's why they homeschooled because they were, you know, doing these championship things and, um, you know, just at a different level. So I think that, you know, whether it's music lessons or sports or whatever, um, you know, if, if it's for time for language, um, you know, I know some homeschool families that they their kids fenced and they learn Chinese. And I said, you know, can't you just be normal and do, you know, baseball <laughs> and learn Spanish? <laughs> But, you know, but I loved it. I mean, you know, her kids, like, were enthralled with the Chinese language and wanted to, to, you know, to learn that. So they did. So, I mean, you can can do that as a homeschooler. You know, you don't have to be, you know, status quo. You can can do that. So I love that. Okay, Meredith, number 10. Homeschooling is effective because it instills confidence inside the student. And I think, you know, I was thinking about all of my children are very shy. And I have just given them little taste, little taste, little taste of public speaking. Um, by that, I mean like, okay, you're going to read this book out loud in front of the whole family. Or we're going to invite another family over and you're each going to do a demonstration speech. It was very, like I always... When they had to try new things, I always allowed them to try it in an environment that was very accepting, very supportive, very loving. And, um, you know, my children did do the ballet recitals and the piano recitals and stuff like that. But the things, like, I, I keep thinking of public speaking because my children did not ever want to be in front of anyone to speak. And they were very shy. But, you know, by the time... Like that. I wonder if it's good. By the time, 
I know, but it's funny because we do all the talking. But by the time all my children were 18, they all spoke at the Finish Well conference and Mm -hmm. loved it. And so they went from being very shy to being able to speak in front of people like your Annie speaks in front of her classroom and shares Mm -hmm. things. And so there's a confidence in them. And I see it in other things, too, because, you know, they can try things and they can fail and try things and fail. But instead of being told, but, oh, you're just you're so bad at this or being bullied by other people, they are able to try and try and try until they get something. And some people who end up embracing some kind of instrument or sport, they don't do well for a long time. It's just a lot of perseverance. And so one of the things I see in homeschooling children, my own and many, many others and yours, is confidence and perseverance and that they don't give up easily and they're they're not there's a confidence that's instilled in them when they're young so that they easily stand against peer pressure. They easily stand against the pressure to conform to certain standards in the world that they know aren't right. And so um, I I really applaud um, homeschool moms and dads for that because I I would say, you know, that's something I see a lot in homeschoolers. Oh, I agree. And and just to sum up, I think that the great expectations in homeschooling and why homeschooling works is, is part of it is expectation. You know, I, I would have added that as another point. But it's it, we expect the best from our kids and they over-deliver. You know, yes. um, when they're raised in a nurturing environment, just like what you described with allowing your kids, you know, to start incrementally, and I had no idea, and I know your children well. Um, I've spent time with them. I've, I've yes. stayed at your house. And, you know, and I think I know that your kids better than you know my kids because you haven't been around mine as much. Right. But I am shocked that, you know, maybe one I would say that I would think would be a little bit shy out of all of them, but I'm, like, shocked to hear that because they are um, – they they are so confident and you know not in a condescending way but just in a you know they're they're comfortable in their skin and they're so loving and kind and you know so happy whenever i see them and so i'm just thrilled to hear that but um that yours started you know shyer too but just that you know they know that they can trust you um they can come to you with anything and you know we could probably come up with 20 different things but we are out of time uh, so I just want to thank you so much, Meredith, for coming on and sharing uh, your love of homeschooling and, you know, just some of the points that make homeschooling so amazing. And, you know, thank you so much for all that you do um, within uh, your educating uh, our podcasters and our listeners with your uh, Finish Well podcast on this network as well as on your um, website at Powerline Prod, and that's P-R-O-D dot com and MeredithCurtis.com. And, guys, you can visit us at VintageHomeschoolMoms.com and look for this podcast on Great Expectations, um, as well as MediaAngels.com, which has um, all of my websites and kind of like the landing page to find everything, as well as all the podcast networks. Well, take care and God bless, and thank you for uh, joining us today, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.